The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Hal Schurz. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and every week, myself and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, talk to you and bring you information that doctors are talking about amongst themselves in doctor's lounges all across the U.S. We share with you the information that doctors are discussing, the information that affects you and your family and their health care. We want you to be informed so that you can advocate for yourself and be a better consumer of health care. The uh, Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the sponsor of the Doctor's Lounge, and you can learn more about us at www, the number, letter D, the number 4pcfoundation.org. That's d4pcfoundation.org. Go to our website. Read about things that we are doing all around the country in different aspects of healthcare and support us because your support helps to support this show, which we love bringing to you and we um, know that you like listening to. So please be a part of our community and a supporter of the Doctors Lounge by supporting the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. So. It's a rainy day in Georgia today and uh, where we broadcast from, and hopefully our power stays on. It's been um, a uh, really horrible last uh, few weeks with the storms throughout the country, specifically in the southeast. But i um, delighted to talk to you today about a couple of things that are um, important and uh, things that uh, I've been discussing with some of my colleagues. And, one of these issues, which is something that you may or may not even know about, is the dangers in healthcare. The um, this issue has actually received some attention in the last week in multiple um, uh, sources that uh, have nothing to do with each other. Um, I saw an article that uh, appeared in our local newspaper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, about dangers in health care. The um, uh, Fox News broadcast uh, had people that were discussing dangers as well as did an, a, uh, an online article that was in a um, publication that doctors get called Doximity. And I wanted to um, share this information with you because this is going to be something that's probably going to come to a to it's something that is going to be a surprise to the majority of people who listen to this show. Taking care of patients has never been without risk, whether it is a doctor or a nurse or a medic in the field during war. Uh, caring for the injured, putting their lives at risk and, and, uh, uh, and jeopardizing their, their well-being by caring for people who have been hurt, um, or whether it is being 
a uh, a, a caregiver during uh, events um, such as we've just recently experienced in the pandemic with a contagion that nobody knew anything about. And actually, uh, healthcare workers were very much endangered by, um, by the, uh, pandemic. Um, I remember, um, taking care of patients, um, several decades ago, actually, in the 19, early 1980s, before we knew what AIDS was, and uh, taking care of patients with this very mysterious disease, and not knowing uh, how these people got it, and not really taking the proper precautions to protect ourselves. Healthcare workers have always been on the front lines um, confronting potential dangers, that's part and parcel of what healthcare workers do. And they do this willingly and they accept that there is a risk. So when did healthcare become the most dangerous field in the United States? Let me share some, some statistics with you. Some, some, not statistics, I will share statistics, but let me give you some anecdotes. Last month, a visitor was causing trouble in an Oregon hospital, and nurses were warned that this man might be coming in to abduct his partner's newborn uh, baby from the nursery. Hours later, this visitor opened fire in the Portland hospital, killing a security guard and sending dozens of doctors and nurses and patients scrambling for cover. In May of this year, a man sitting in a waiting room opened fire and killed a lady sitting there and wounded four other individuals. And this is an event that I personally have knowledge about because this happened in my friend's office and um, his office was right on the other side of that wall. Um, if a stray bullet would have gone through that wall, he may have been hit. My partner was in that office sitting in the very chair that that woman was murdered in two hours before. Last month, a man shot and wounded a doctor at a health center in Dallas. In June of 2022, a gunman killed his surgeon and three other people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in a medical office because he blamed the doctor for his continuing pain after an operation. Last year, a man killed two workers at a Dallas hospital while there to watch his child's birth. Last month, a man walked into the office of a hand surgeon, a prominent hand surgeon in Memphis, Tennessee, and walked up to him and shot him dead in the chest. These are not new problems. My friend's dad was a prominent neurosurgeon and a patient walked into his office 30 years ago and shot and killed him as he sat 
behind his desk. This is not a new problem, but it has escalated. It has become an epidemic, and health care workers are right now being endangered at record numbers not ever previously seen. Healthcare has become one of the nation's most violent careers. You don't know this. Nobody knows this, but it's it's absolutely a fact. Data shows that American healthcare workers now suffer more non-fatal injuries from workplace violence than any other profession in the United States, including law enforcement. This is just astounding. Healthcare is four to five times more dangerous than any other profession. So how did this happen and why is this happening? Um, I said in the last few days, there were three stories that that um, highlighted this issue. And I think this is an issue that everybody needs to know about and understand because you could be affected by this when you go to your doctor or you go into the hospital. Fox News reported that since 2021, 33% of emergency medical technicians, EMTs, have quit. Many because of violence against these individuals in the field. This is happening unprovoked. People just just targeting EMTs. Now, this happens commonly, more common than you would think, in domestic violence situations. There's a domestic violence call, police get called, EMT gets called, and the medical workers are targets of the of the violence that has led to the call in the first place. This is this is something that people just don't realize. The online medical um, site that I mentioned, Doximity, reported a survey that they conducted. They they have a huge online medical audience, and so they're able to conduct many medical surveys and and get the opinions of doctors and and um, and ask questions that that need to be answered. When Doximity surveyed 5,000 clinicians, 64% of them reported that they have felt physically unsafe at work. 64% of doctors who go to work feel unsafe. How many of you who go to work actually feel unsafe in your jobs? And this figure is significantly higher in women, 76%, and interestingly in younger physicians, 69%. There are 25,000 workplace assaults that occur annually. 
75% of them, three quarters of them occur in healthcare settings. That's unbelievable. That's astonishing and it is unacceptable. This rate has increased dramatically over the last decade. In the U.S., injuries caused by violent attacks against medical professionals grew by 67% during the years 2011 to 2018. The World Health Organization estimates that almost 40% of healthcare workers have experienced physical violence during their career and many more are threatened with verbal aggression. The effects of a single episode of workplace violence against healthcare workers can have outsized effects on these workers and on the healthcare system. Workplace violence was responsible for 13% of work absences in healthcare. That's a large number of absences, especially in a system that already is overtaxed and short-staffed. And financial losses for just a single episode of workplace violence has been estimated to be as high as $107,000. Significant financial repercussions from just a single workplace violence episode. And I shared with you some very egregious workplace episodes earlier, just a few minutes ago, and those, the, the amount of money that that has translated into is staggering. 76% of women who responded to this Doximity survey felt unsafe at work compared to 51% of men. And female physicians are twice as likely, twice as likely to be verbally mistreated by patients and visitors. 30% of United States physicians have recently experienced a situation where a patient made a racist comment about them. So the, the black or Hispanic or, or, um, Asian healthcare workers, especially nurses, are being verbally abused by patients who have no regard for them and no gratitude for the care that they're receiving. Interestingly, as I mentioned, younger doctors felt less safe at work than older ones, possibly because the younger doctors have less experience and less confidence in managing a difficult situation such as a verbally or physically abusive person that could escalate into a significantly violent episode. In a study of emergency room residents, two-thirds reported experiencing at least one act of physical violence during an emergency room shift. Only 17% have reported having prior training, however, with violence progression or de-escalation techniques. 
And the risk varies by specialty. Clinicians working with addiction and other mental health disorders are at an increased risk compared to those who are taking care of other medical issues. 90% of emergency room physicians and 85% of psychiatrists reported feeling physically unsafe at work. Are these numbers registering with you? These are staggering numbers. And this is, this is not something that is abstract. This is real. And this is affecting your doctors and your nurses on a daily basis. If you wonder why people may be disconnected with you or be somewhat leery about people who come in to get care by you, uh, you, who are delivering care to you, this may put into some context why that might be. Now, some hospitals have adopted stricter policies banning violence. How do you ban violence? As well as offensive, abusive, and discriminatory language and behaviors. Criminalizing violence and threats against healthcare workers actually has gained traction at the state level with governors in Wisconsin and Utah signing legislation last year to, to make these, um, acts, um, criminally, um, prosecutable. Currently, there's no federal law protecting healthcare workers against violence, such as that that occurred in the airline industry. Um, the airline industry has federal protections that protect flight crews and airport staff to um, criminalize any kind of threats against them. These protections are not um, present currently with regard to healthcare workers, but there was a bill in 2019, a bipartisan bill that failed, but has been reintroduced and hopefully is gaining some traction to, to make it a federal crime to act out against healthcare workers. And 40 states have passed laws creating or increasing penalties for violence against healthcare workers. The, the hospital that I told you about in Portland, Oregon, Legacy Health, has um, uh, that's the place where the shooting occurred, where the visitor was trying to abduct his partner's child. Um they plan to install additional metal detectors. They require bag searches at every hospital in their system. And they send patients and visitors to <clears throat> controlled entrances. More secure, more, I'm sorry, more security officers will be provided at these hospitals in their system who are armed with stun guns. And bullet slowing film will be applied to the interior glass at main entrances. But honestly, this is like a BB gun uh, against an assault rifle. This is not the answer. Not, not, not solely the answer. It may 
be one of the measures, but this is not going to stop what's going on. Some states, including Indiana, Ohio, and Georgia, have allowed hospitals to create their own police forces. Now, of course, whenever you do something like that, you get the woke crowd, the people who are the the leftists, the Marxists, who have problems with that, until it affects them, of course. These critics who've weighed in are saying that these measures may, quote, exacerbate the health care and policing inequities experienced by black people, end quote. Why is race always, always introduced whenever a solution to a serious problem that would require more law and order is brought up, is is introduced, is put on the table. This is not racial at all. This is common sense. These critics say that private police forces do not have the same requirements to disclose information, such as how often they use force or whether they disproportionately detain members of minority groups. This is such pablum. It is disgusting. This is something that I personally have not experienced, thank God. But I think about this. I worry that somebody may come into my office who is a parent of a patient with a bad outcome and take it out on my staff and myself. And you should worry, just like the people who are sitting in that waiting room in the internal medicine office in Atlanta, minding their own business, waiting to be seen by their doctor, who were shot dead or injured by a, a, a crazed gunman who was there to get medication that was not given to him and he lost it and went crazy. That could be you. There's reasons why this is happening. Our society has become more violent. The regard for human life has diminished. Why that is, you know, is so complex. Loss of religion, loss of the family unit, loss of morality, loss of, of common decency. Um, it's not guns. It's not the increased availability of guns. It is a, a, a breakdown of the moral fiber of our society. Something that the left has perpetrated and continues to perpetrate and welcomes. They're actually happy to see this kind of discord, this kind of chaos, because this helps them to create the new um, reality that they want to see in the United States. But people are taking it out on healthcare workers 
because they are stressed. The healthcare system in this country is dysfunctional. When patients are um, having increased frustration because of long waits in emergency rooms or in doctor's offices because of short um, staffing, because of uh, difficulty getting appointments that they've got to wait months to get into a uh, doctor's office to get, receive care and they can't wait that long and they lose it and they barge in and and demand health care or people are going to get shot this is this is happening this is the what is happening it's not an excuse for the violence but it's an explanation why we're seeing people who have short fuses taking it out on health care workers or collateral damage patients who are in the line of fire with healthcare workers. And we see this in all aspects of life. Things are just deteriorating all around us. It doesn't help that the medical facilities are soft targets. What do I mean by soft targets? If you walk into a hospital or a medical office building, what is the sign that you see on those buildings? This is a gun-free zone. When you have that, what does that tell somebody who is nuts, who is just absolutely a, a, a fringe lunatic individual who is out to seek some kind of retribution or or seek justice or get vengeance or or just just they are beyond um, being reasonable and they are mentally ill they are going to know that nobody's going to stop them in a gun-free zone that's a huge problem this is something that we've created and we have brought upon ourselves because we are allowing our um, schools, our hospitals, um, our government buildings to be targets to crazy people. I, I don't think that it is wrong to allow healthcare workers to defend themselves and to have the ability to prevent these kinds of workplace um, uh, acts of violence. I think it's helpful to have added security, to have security police, to have your own private police department, not armed with stun guns, because stun guns won't stop an, an AR-wielding uh, um, assailant or... Uh, someone with a um, a fifteen mag round magazine in in a uh, in a in a handgun. It would take a good person with a gun to stop a bad person with a gun. So you need to have people who have had training in how to use handguns, how to defend themselves and the people around them and how to learn how to read a situation not use a handgun inappropriately but only use it in the event 
of absolute imminent danger. I think that that's absolutely the only way to stop this epidemic that we are seeing. The other way that we have to stop this epidemic is to take mental health more seriously. The United States has one of the worst track records in treating mental illness around the world. 99% of inpatient psychiatric beds have closed in this country. The, the people who we are seeing on the streets who are perpetrating crimes all around the country, who are doing um, smash and grabs, not many of them, not many of them are just thugs, but people who are um, just do, performing ra- random acts of violence against um, unwitting people just minding their own business in the streets. So many of them are just mentally ill, and these people r- receive absolutely no help at all. And this is a huge problem that needs to be addressed as well. And until we take these issues more seriously as a country, we are going to see our healthcare system at greater risk of violence amongst the healthcare workers or to the healthcare workers from random individuals. So this is something that I um, I think that uh, is an issue that nobody really understands or knows about. Now you do. And so I, I think that you should, I don't have a call to action as far as this is concerned. This is more of a heads up, an FYI about what you should be alerted to because danger is lurking everywhere in our society today. More so in healthcare, as I've said, than in any other area in our country. So watch out and be alert and, um, and I will be back in the next uh, segment with uh, another issue that I think nobody is talking about that you need to uh, uh, know about because it affects each and every one of you and your health care. So stay with us. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom 
and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We are back in the doctor's lounge. Thank you for being with us today. First half of the show, we discussed workplace violence in healthcare, which most people are unaware of. In the second half of the show today, I want to talk to you about another issue that nobody is aware of. Nobody. And that is that Joe Biden very quietly is taking away your health care. And I'll bet you didn't even know this. The Biden administration has um, proposed a rule to restrict short-term health insurance plans, the short-term limited duration insurance, S-T-L-D-I. They want to restrict it to just four months and no option to renew. Now, let me, let me, um, explain to you. Let me put some background on this. So there have always been the ability for people to get customized, short-term, catastrophic healthcare plans. You know, the kind of major medical plan that you might want to get if you really don't have any insurance coverage, the kind of plan that you might want in conjunction with a direct primary care doctor, if you are so inclined to have one. The the insurance that you pay for is something that encompasses everything from hair transplant to maternity benefits to addiction care. And that's why insurance is so expensive. And under the Obama administration, insurance companies were forced to cover everything. The Obamacare plans are so expensive because that's what they do. And so under Obama, it became necessary for people to have insurance. Otherwise, you were going to have to pay a penalty. People forgot about that, but that was, that was the law. In fact, now when you file your tax returns, for those of you who pay taxes, I'm sure most of the people who listen to this show do pay taxes, you have to show evidence of insurance coverage now. That was an Obamacare rule. Well, for people who didn't want an Obamacare plan and who didn't want um, or, or who didn't have an insurance uh, plan that was provided for them by their employer, didn't have the means to buy their own 
private big box insurance plan, somebody who might be uh, a uh, solo uh, uh, in uh, pr- proprietorship, uh, a, a small business where they are self-employed, and they don't have the ability to have a large insurance plan. Those are people who very often are in the um, direct primary care world and want a major medical plan and go out and buy a short-term catastrophic plan. So those were those were limited under Obamacare to a um, to a one year uh, or to three months of coverage and no renewal. Well, under the Trump administration, he said that that's that's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional to tell people that they can't have a certain product. And he issued an executive order that reinstated short-term health care plans and that allowed people to purchase a plan that would cover them for one year and would allow them to renew that plan twice. And then they would have to get uh, start all over again. Well, the um, Biden administration, Joe Biden, doesn't like that because that that gives you a choice. And when you have a choice, it means that the government option, which is so expensive, if you do not get a subsidy for your health care, that choice is unacceptable to the leftists who control the the executive branch and the Senate right now. They don't want to give you a choice. They want you to do what they say you need. They want you to have what they say you should have. They don't want you to have the option of deciding that you want an affordable catastrophic health care plan that would cost you maybe as a family of four six hundred dollars a year or six I'm sorry six hundred dollars a month. Instead, they want you to have something far more expensive that may cost you $2,000 or $2,500 a month with an incredibly high deductible so that it won't even cover anything until you've paid thousands more into your health care. That's no good for them. They want you to have what they want you to have. The... Biden administration has called these short-term plans junk insurance. And they demagogue this. And you don't hear about what the good parts of this are because the mainstream media are the propaganda dogs for the leftists. If the leftists say that they want this, <coughs> the media will will echo that and they will 
tell you why the insurance that you want is no good. They won't give you the other side of the coin. They won't tell you the flip side. And that's the problem because Americans are ill-informed about what they are hearing and what they're experiencing because they get a very biased view of what is the the um, reality that the leftists want you to hear. It's the 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 mainstream media has be basically become the pravda of the United States, giving you what the oligarchs in the leftist Democrat Party want you to hear and want you to experience. Obamacare plans are the real junk insurance. And why are they the junk insurance? Because when you limit these short-term plans and you are stripping coverage from people who need it, the ones who can't afford the Obamacare plans all of a sudden don't have any options. And then they are bare. They are barren. And they have no no um, health care available to them. In addition, these Obamacare plans have limited panels. They can't. You can't see the doctor that you want. You remember, if you like your doctor, you can keep them. If you like your health insurance plan, you can keep it. We know that that was an absolute lie, which in this climate probably should be punishable by a a a, a prison sentence, like they're trying to do to conservatives who are convicted of lying to the public. But that lie is one that that will go down in history as the biggest lie of them all because this is the ultimate goal of the left. They ultimately want to control your health care. I promise you, I promise you that single-payer health care is coming if the Democrats, if the left continues to be in charge of government. Let me digress for a second. Elections have consequences. You know, the it's ironic to me that now when we have cities that are being overridden with migrants, illegal aliens who are being sent to these Democrat-run cities, these Democrats who were all about migrants have rights and they have the right to come to the United States to seek a better life, all of a sudden are singing a different tune, aren't they? They can't, they can't um, afford to have the illegal aliens in their cities, in New York, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco. All of a sudden, when the burden is spread around the country, these leftists 
who are opposed to conservative ideas all of a sudden are becoming conservative. They want a stop to illegal immigration. Crime, which is becoming rampant. I I shared with you in the first half of this show about the crime against healthcare workers, but crime in our cities, our cities are becoming unlivable because of crime. New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Detroit, Seattle, Portland, every single one of these Democrat-run cities is becoming unlivable because of crime. And what's happening? These Democrats, these people, are now crying out, we've got to do something about this crime. We can't let this continue. These are the people who were screaming the loudest about the police are the problem, how we need to defund the police, how we need to give criminals more more rights. We're railroading criminals and putting them in prison. We need to let them out. We can't, we have to not have high bail and we have to just let them out, cashless bail. These people who were screaming for these changes are now screaming from the rooftops that we've got to get a handle on crime and that this is not acceptable in their communities. How ironic is this? How absolutely ironic that these left-leaning Democrats are in these leftist-run cities are now trying to embrace conservative principles. Law and order, securing our border. These are common sense principles. Conservatism is not about hurting people. It's about common sense. And the left is about chaos and about destroying common sense and turning common sense upside down on its ear. The world is upside down and people don't know right from wrong anymore because of the leftists. And they have a choice. This is not happening because it just occurred. It happened because of you who voted for these people and gave them the power over you to allow these things to happen. Elections have consequences. The same thing is true in health care. I promise you, I promise you, and don't doubt me on this, I promise you that this same chaos that is happening at our border that's affecting everybody in the country right now, I promise you that this chaos that is affecting everybody in in cities all around our country that are run by Democrats with rampant crime. I promise you that 
healthcare in the hands of these leftists will no longer be an option for you to decide on. It will be decided for you. And you will have to deal with a government that tells you what you can and cannot have. You know, there's so many aspects of what is happening behind the scenes by this leftist government. And it's not just Joe Biden. Joe Biden is likely a a tool of the people who are pulling the strings. Because I think if you really asked him questions about short-term health care policies and what they do and do not include and what the pros and cons are, he wouldn't have a clue about this. He doesn't know what day it is. But the people who are behind the scenes, who are pulling the strings, who are the people who want to see this chaos, know very well what this means. And whether it's Joe Biden who is in the White House or whether it's somebody else who is more cognitively capable of speaking the speak like a Gavin Newsom or some other slick leftist, they want to come after your health care. They do not want you to have a say in what you are going to be able to choose to do for your own care and that of your family. The the Obamacare plans thrive on getting healthy people to pay higher premiums to subsidize the sick. And the sick can jump on and off these plans even after they get sick. The short-term policies offer an escape plan for people who don't want to pay for the coverage that they don't want or the coverage that they do not need. And they don't want to be restricted by the Obamacare narrow networks. So let me just say, let me wrap this up by um, giving you some some numbers. You know, the the um, short-term plans have very low premiums compared to the Obamacare plans and low deductibles. But the typical deductible on an Obamacare silver plan, which isn't even the highest plan, the gold or the platinum plans, on top of what they are paying for their annual premiums, which can be as much as $25,000 for a family of four, they are already paying $4,700 for an individual deductible um, while the average deductible on a employer-linked health savings account plan is half as much. So ask yourself, why is it that the government is wanting you not to pay less money. They're, 
telling you about Bidenomics, how wonderful it is, how you hear that every day on NBC and CBS and ABC and CNN, that the economy is great and you are doing so much better than than uh, you were before, which you know is not true. And you've got health care options, which can actually save you money. But Biden does not want you to save that extra money. Instead, he wants you to pay more money and be on a government plan because your ability to spend your own money threatens their ability to have a health care plan that the government will eventually 100% control. So this is why you need not a Democrat, not a leftist involved in government. You need to start thinking smarter and spreading the word to your friends about this, about health care. You know, if you sit down with people, they're always lamenting about about the about things that are are micro issues, not the macro issues. They'll they'll focus on one thing about why they can't vote conservative. They'll say abortion, or they'll say LGBTQ. bigger issues, the safety of your family, the safety of your community, the safety of your country. These are the things that you need to be thinking about on a regular basis. And healthcare is a is a microcosm, it's an indicator of what is happening and what will happen because these are things that are being taken away from you right under your nose that you know nothing about, you have no knowledge about, and it's going to get worse when you give the Democrats, when you give the leftists more power and a longer period of time to completely, completely screw up your lives. What you are used to will no longer be recognizable to you, just like your cities are no longer recognizable to you. The same thing is going to happen to your personal rights, starting with health care. So that's pretty much all that I wanted to say about about this issue. Um, I, I think I've said it all. Um the uh, the there's the the call to action for this is to call your congressman because this is something that should have been uh, codified in a in a, uh, a a Trump administration 
not to make this an executive order to protect the short-term health care plans, but to make it a law. And Biden has no authority to to stop this. This is this is um, completely illegal to do this, but they will do it nonetheless because there are laws, and then there are there are regulations, or there are um, there are executive orders. There are regulations that the unelected. Um, bureaucracy puts in in place uh, the departments that are under the the executive branch uh, puts in place that carry with it the the penalty of law but aren't real laws and that's unconstitutional you cannot do that and this is one of those areas where they're doing it and you have to Advocate for your family and for yourselves because you have to have the right to be able to select your own health care and not have the government tell you what you can and cannot have. So you need to call your congressman. You need to tell them, because they may not realize this, that the short-term catastrophic plans are being taken away. They're being limited. Right now you've got the ability to sign up for them, keep it for a year, and renew it for two consecutive years. And Biden wants to take that away from you, limit it to four months with no renewability. And that means that you have to um, start all over again and very possibly not be able to get it. If you have one of those plans right now under the Trump plan, if you got sick while you were on a, a short-term plan and you wanted to renew it, you could renew it. They cannot drop you for two consecutive years. Under Biden, they can drop you like a hot potato and then you're up the creek and you have no options except to get on the Obamacare plans. Call your congressman today. Let them know what this is about and that you want them to bring up a bill to codify this and keep your ability to have your short, short-term health care plans. Thanks for being with us today. You're listening to I'll be America's back here Web in two Radio weeks in the Doctor's America. Lounge talking about more issues that are affecting you and your family and your health care. So join us then. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.